We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's do a hundred episode cheers. Ah, cheers to us. Cheers. Happy hundred episodes. Welcome to The Holy Hour, a podcast about sex, relationships, mental health, and everything in between. I'm Amelia Sanson. And I'm Liz Ball. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Holy Hour. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Amelia Sanson. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Liz Ball So Hard. You can also watch us on YouTube or listen ad-free on Patreon at patreon.com slash theholyhour. Check out our merch at theholyhour.com and email us your spicy stories at holyhourpodcast at gmail.com. Before we like really get into like any sort of like hot topic, I have a gift for you. You have a gift? <laughs> yeah, I have to open up my email. <laughs> it's nothing it's nothing big don't be excited okay i wrote you a poem <gasps> for our 100th episode <laughs> amazing okay <clears throat> this poem is called liz <laughs> all right okay, i'm gonna close my eyes okay and just be present. Enjoy the moment. Yeah. Will you put some like romantic music over this when you edit? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cue the music. Liz. <laughs> the easy rhyme here would be jizz. <laughs> we have a sex podcast after all, but I'll say this. I would be lost if you didn't exist. Like a man buying tampons who is cis. <laughs> Liz. <laughs> you would do it all. You write, ski, thrift. When something is tough, you always persist. <laughs> like when I'm fighting online and you and tap you in for the assist. <laughs> you always come in hot with the awful diss. <laughs> Liz. <laughs> Whether it's Mad Libs while you're smoking a spliff or telling our angels to take the BDSM quiz or learning that wearing heels affects your pelvis. <laughs> We're talking about how squirt is just piss. <laughs> it's been 100 episodes of this, and I feel so lucky to be- keep going the furthest with someone by my side who's my sis. I got burn in love for you like I'm Elvis. <laughs> oh, I love this so much. This is the best gift ever, and now I don't have one for you. You are a gift. Oh. <laughs> Your presence is a present. I want, you have to email it. <laughs> I'm going to like print it out or something. <laughs> I need to put it somewhere. I'm uh, framing it. Hell yeah. Good. That makes me feel good. I love that. Happy Thank 100. Thank you so much. Happy 100. I love you. I love you. That was so fun. <laughs> There's so many things that rhyme or like mm-hmm. slant rhyme with your name. Mm-hmm. I was amazed. So this is our 100th episode. If you couldn't tell by, um, I was going to I was going to present that to you as King Butt. I was going to say this is some King Butt stuff. Yeah. He is he is the king of the rhyme. Get it? King Butt stuff. Mm-hmm. That was great. King Butt shit. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if that one deserves a high five. That deserves a harder high five than the last one. How in about my a opinion. low five? Yeah. That, that, that felt was, good. It did. We should differentiate there between needs to what be deserves more low fives. Yeah. In in life in general. Like middle fives? Middle Middle five. <laughs> That should That's be like, like a, a, a little hug. Yeah, yeah, but I don't have the here. Nope. There we go. Okay. 
Um, so we were talking about, we're probably going to throw a party for 100 at my house. We asked the angels what they would like to hear from us for episode 100. And y'all told us, well, I asked on the Discord specifically, um, but y'all told us that you wanted us to talk about how we've changed or how we like think we've changed or our what which which of our ideas have changed and opinions since we started this podcast we have a special guest today for episode 100 and it's mr liz i'm so So fucking excited he's gonna join us um we fielded a couple of questions from the angels so he's gonna answer some some questions i sent them to him in advance as well good uh and i posted it on instagram like to to write in their questions and i posted it with a picture of gatsby and some i will i'm gonna suspect they're not avid listeners assumed that mr liz was my cat and i got a few cat questions and it's like how many biscuits a day do you make and um they're like that cat has all the answers he doesn't need any questions i would love if you just like gave that biscuit question to mr liz with no context um the listeners won't know how many biscuits biscuits you a day you make yeah do you plan on making any bread (laughs) that was another question um so someone else was like what merch what does he think should be merch and i'm I'm like, he doesn't listen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not a good person. So whatever we want, he supports. Well, so I listened to episode one Mm -hmm. today Mm -hmm. while I was working. And I think that the most important thing we need to address is the audio. (laughs) (laughs) For like several episodes, at least the first 10. Because at that point, we were using a Yeti mic. Mm -hmm. One. We were using a single Yeti mic shared between the two of us. And it was in the middle of my coffee table and we just we would sit on the ground and we just kept hitting the coffee table like out of excitement. And that would like be that's like all the loud banging everyone here. I'm like, how many how do we get people to listen? Right. I know. It's how it's did truly they stick amazing. around after it sounded like this? The first two episodes we recorded at like your tall you had like a high table. Yeah. And it was like in the middle of a room that had like it was like I mean your kitchen was my studio apartment right right and so it was like (laughs) it's just a room and it was just echoey as heck Uh and we didn't know that hitting the table would be so detrimental Mm -hmm. (laughs) to the sound at the time um so yeah I think definitely the number one thing is the audio it's wild to listen back we didn't get better mics until we got here Mm -hmm. and that was a year ago damn our listeners hung in for an entire year it's pretty incredible And then I also used to be kind of afraid of listening to our earlier episodes because I was like, I bet they're embarrassing. And I just listening to some today, I was like, no, I when I listen to them, I think of us as like, we're we're just little babies. Yeah, I know. We we didn't know anything. No. (laughs) Um, And I think the most interesting thing is how much we've learned just because we do this podcast. Absolutely. Yes. So like what? Just listening to us talk about aftercare, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, now now we can't even imagine having sex without aftercare yeah. being a topic of conversation. It was like like discovering, like inventing the wheel. Yeah. It's like, like, what the fuck were we doing before? Exa- that's exactly how <laughs> I feel. I'm like, so I was just operating like this, like before this podcast. Yeah. How was I surviving? Yeah. And I think a lot... Uh, when I was listening to the, the Good Word, which was episode five, I believe, talking about like how having this podcast has it, even early on, it forced us to be really conversational about sex with potential partners out the gates because mm-hmm. we don't hide that we have a sex and dating podcast. And if someone chooses to listen, they're going to learn a lot about us really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just important to address right away. Yeah. So, but then that's also kind of bled over into our day-to-day lives. Like, we're just going to talk about shit. Yeah. With 
our partner or even in friendships it's like let's just address this the, and no conversation holds nearly as much weight as maybe it did before we had this podcast yeah that's so true people will bring things up to me now just like so relieved to be able to like talk about it with mm-hmm. someone you know and it's yeah. like I it never it I think at the beginning when people were like you know wanting to talk to at least me about things that yeah, they we, hadn't opened I, up about I had talked to we had talked about this in an episode I was listening today about feeling like well, people are just waiting people for just the coming, opportunity yeah, yeah people just being stoked to talk to someone about like sex yes and like at first when it would happen I would be like oh oh my god they feel comfortable talking and now it's just like this podcast has become such a part of my life that it's like mm-hmm. it's like second nature now and yeah. I was thinking about that earlier today I was like it's to the point where I have to remind myself that not everybody is as comfortable talking about sex because like I'll talk to somebody about it and they're like oh I've never like had this conversation before and I'm like what you haven't but of course they haven't because like I didn't until we started this podcast so like it's just been interesting watching my evolution of how I feel about talking about shit just as a result of this podcast yeah totally yeah so some differences in our opinions yeah so the thing I noticed the most about how I've changed is we would talk a lot about like men and women and sometimes we still do but like it it's kind of uh we've definitely matured a lot more yes because it felt kind of like battle of the sexes I think that we were leaning a lot on like shock factor at the moment that's true a lot of it was very shock factor oriented Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um just kind of like that like slightly immature stance of like well men always want to fuck we also started talking a little bit more inclusively yes um instead of just kind of pandering to like a heterosexual relationship Mm -hmm. something that really stood out to me like in terms of just like differences in how we talked about things was um like how both you and I were like on this idea of like uh weight distribution with dating people and that was like such like dating multiple people so that like it you don't get obsessed mm -hmm. that's yeah because you listen we listened to different episodes today yeah yeah and like having a roster mm-hmm, to keep yourself sane and then you met L- Mr. Liz like two episodes after that and, and I you were like not stay sane <laughs> I remember texting you like weight distribution weight distribution Liz and you were like I don't think I want to I don't think I'm gonna like anybody as much as I like this guy and that was fact and now here we are yeah. two years later yep. um, the rest is the history. rest is history and like now I'm at the point in my the rest dating history <laughs> fuck yeah let's get it women in stem let's get this straight uh yeah no like with myself like I was on the the weight distribution train for like a year and a half after that and now and and also in that episode I was talking about like how much I just like wanted to fuck and it's like I've been very aware of how that's been changing for myself Mm -hmm. recently because like I'm not sometimes people will like hit me up for sex that like I used to just like fuck and I'm just like in the episode I was listening to in The Good Word, you were having a lot of realizations because we had already talked about um, aftercare, mm-hmm. but you were having a lot of realizations of like what you needed after sex and the people that you were seeing at the time were just like the ways that they were falling short in that aspect. And you were like, also, how come I feel bad because I knew what I was getting myself into yeah so just being able to learn and like recognize those things we've learned so much from each other Mm -hmm. and just like going we're just kind of going on this journey together and like sharing it with our listeners right and we're learning from them too absolutely and we're more like we're paying more attention to things that maybe we wouldn't have been paying attention to before like within media and I definitely agree with a lot of the things I still agree with a lot of the things that maybe we thought earlier on like um you explicitly had said something like about the word like slut and how come there are all of these words to describe women but there's not a male equivalent mm-hmm. like um you would just put the word man in front of something in front of a word that has been pejorated to become to be defa- offensive to women Mm -hmm. so man whore yeah Uh yeah exactly so the like you talking about that later on um we learned more about that because I started reading that like feminist linguistics book and like yeah yeah we're just learning more and more 
together over time and mm. we're paying attention like oh we've already talked about this so now in the position we're in at episode 100 we're I would say we're significantly better advice givers like we are better at facilitating conversations in our own relationships mm-hmm. as a result yeah and, um We've also helped other people. And I, yeah, I think that, like, I don't want to, like, toot our own horn, but it's our <laughs> fucking 100th birthday. Beep, so beep. It's our we're birthday. We're going to be beeping that horn. I think that that's what's unique. And I know that there are people that do podcasts similar to what we do, but yeah, I think totally. that that's what's unique about us, too, is, like, there are a lot of sex podcasts from professionals that you learn a ton through. But this journey that we've been on through like learning about ourselves and like sex in general and how to have conversations and da 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 like that's that is such like a realistic journey that people go on as they're learning about sex and dating and we've just been doing it publicly. Mm-hmm. So it's been an interesting thing to experience and be able to look back on. And it's going to be weird when we're recording episode 200 to look back on this and be like we didn't know shit yeah (laughs) which is wild to think about I don't know I'm just like so fucking hyped to be like celebrating this now and knowing that it's just gonna keep changing yeah and if you're listening to this not in order god bless you if you go back to episode one because the audio is so bad (laughs) yeah and the advice is better but not great (laughs) i remember some people were giving us advice about our audio on after episode one and two came out and i was like fuck you stay in your lane and now i'm listening back i'm like oh i get it we could have used a tip or two thanks for that we were doing our best one thing i do think that you you also made a joke about this recently when uh uh season one amelia would say like biological this is biological yeah Yeah. a lot (laughs) yes a lot all the time my three things um biologically based everything's Mm -hmm. a lesson or a blessing yep and i still say that and uh gut feelings are guardian angels yep which is still fucking true those last two things still true those those are some bangers still have not put them on merch (laughs) it's biological biologically based (laughs) i actually might because i started saying based whenever liz says anything based (laughs) <laughs> I say based. What I'm trying to think of season one, Liz. I was drunk a lot. Um, doing shrooms. A yeah, lot. doing shrooms a lot. I, and then I would say cunt a lot. It's I need to bring word. that back. Yeah, I, I it agree. Means it's something different now. I've been hearing people say cunt and cunty as like, like serving. Yeah. Like, I look so cunty today, so- and I love that. And I think we totally have the drag community to give. Oh yes. That to like, yes. Um, especially Beyonce's recent album. There's uh the I think it's called Pure Honey or one of those combinations of words. Um, but the background is like there's a part where it's like cunty 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 and mr liz was like what are they saying and i was like i'm pretty sure they're saying cunty and he's like no no and then our friend looked it up and he's like yeah they're saying cunty and i don't think they like understand like drag like drag house yeah music yeah um but (laughs) i just just not with the girlies though i just really love like the what the drag community has done for like a, a million, yes and like did, did you see that video of rihanna at the drag show like Mm-mm. flipping off the drag queen um so like i guess it's like a big compliment in ballroom to like be like fuck you when you're on stage because that means you're like killing it but people don't know that people oh, don't have that context okay so there's this video of rihanna just like in a crowd like mouthing fuck you to this queen uh-huh and the queen was loving it because obviously that's a compliment but people were like yeah. what the fuck is wrong with rihanna but it's i love how they, she knows the ballroom etiquette she does that's queen yeah um yeah somebody commented on one of my pictures the other or i, I posted two videos of myself one of me like being like s- sexy and the other of me just being like a fucking idiot and somebody commented um you're serving cunty in both queen cunty is like the new like who is she yes and i love that it's about time america got on the cunt train she's serving cunt yes all can you serve cunt fucking day so i'll serve cunt the black community and the queer community do so much for like reclaiming words that have been pejorated to offend women specifically amen so thank you thank you for that We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, Mr. Liz should be here soon. Have we heard from him? No. I already served him up a shot before we started recording. Oh, that might be him. Does he have a key? Yes. You gave Mr. Liz a key. I don't have a key. Oh, Sploof is running away. Hello. It's time for us to introduce our special guest, Mr. Liz. Hello. Hi, Mr. Liz. (laughs) We're very excited to have you as a guest. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, are you really? Yeah, this is fun. Oh, okay. You've been like the Sasquatch, you know? Like Yeah. <laughs> Everyone can... Sam Squanch? Like I have a, I Squanch. have a boyfriend. He doesn't go here. He doesn't go to this school. No. Just believe There's me. Just blurry pictures of me <laughs> in the background. <laughs> That's exactly what it's been like. Um, so we did what we're going to do is we have a few uh listener questions for you. Mhm. Um, so we'll ask you a couple of those and then we have a, uh, an email from a listener that I figured it would be like fun if we had you here to help us give advice. Oh yeah. Question number one, if you could redo your first date with Liz, what would you have done differently? So I was thinking about this today and this is super cheesy, but I don't want to redo anything because I don't want to like split that timeline off you know like i just feel like we're having so much fun and that's a good I, point i don't want to like have uh, some butterfly effect where i don't know we're not where we are Something now did yeah. that's plus it was just like a super fun day did it they, was did you tell the whole i have i have told the whole story so i went back and re-listened to the first couple of episodes where i talked about you um and for listeners maybe just joining in when i first met mr liz uh, his nickname was Brick House <laughs> because his body's like a brick house, and I wanted him to crush me like the Wicked Witch of the West. That's so funny. <laughs> or the Wicked Witch of the I East. I remember that now. So, <laughs> you have little slippers sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> crush me with your brick house body was what I said specifically. Oh um, and then the episode I talked about, I, I kind of like high level talked about it, uh, but to to reiterate, because I honestly can't remember everything I, we've said. Let me give the, the, the high level oh, yeah. notes. I want, um, I want you to do so, it. So uh, I ordered and we shared to nachos, right? Those Which, are tater tot nachos. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Then nachos. Never heard of that. Liz ordered us jello shots. Mm-hmm. I did do that. And Sounds then right. we ultimately went back to your place and did mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to stayed up until like three or four in the morning. Yeah. I'm already like ill over this episode. <laughs> it, was a, it was a really, really fun first date. Mm-hmm. And I remember that uh, one of Mr. Liz's friends, when he told them <laughs> about our first date, they were like, this girl is a walking red flag which on paper that yeah, is fair on, on paper absolutely it's like yeah on our first date uh especially with your little kitty cam up in the corner that i was like what's that okay just filming you yeah so many people are so 
women I know who have cats are like, I got a cat camera. Look at, you can see my cats. And then they show you, you can watch their cat live. Mm-hmm. But every man who would see the camera is like, what's that for? Are you, like, are, you, are, you, are you filming me? It's for when I'm gone. If like one of my cats gets sick or someone breaks into my apartment because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I was like, oh, it must be peaceful to not think about that. No kidding. Yeah, but that was our first date. I and I wouldn't redo any of it either. Mm-hmm. It was like hands down the best first date I've ever had. Yeah. As an outsider, Liz, I'm sure I've talked to you about this, but Liz texted me. I think when you were in the bathroom on the first date, <laughs> I was, when I was so high. <laughs> no, it was when we were still <laughs> oh, at, oh, at the bar. Uh, yeah, at the bar. And I was like, this guy's really great. Yeah, she was like, I actually really. I'm actually having like a really good time because like we had both been going on like a number of just like horrible, horrible, like comedically bad dates. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting some content. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We just put it as yeah, tax write offs. That's, uh, <laughs> that's how we see dating is. Are you good enough content? Yeah. yeah. That's how everyone <laughs> acts like I am when they date me. Like I'm going to have you sign an NDA. But I think that was also what was different about you as well with Liz was like you were so like supportive and like down for the cause and like mm. not judgy about like anything that because i know you were up front from the jump he, about well, he this. brought up the podcast first oh right because the yeah. social media He's like so you have a podcast mm-hmm. and i was like so you listened to it and he had listened to a couple episodes before <sighs> yeah we... i listened to a few episodes and then i was like if i listen to any more this will be weird because then i'm like <laughs> know too right. much information. I'll, yeah, I'll know like way too much about you, and then you won't know anything about me. It'll be like this weird, lopsided relationship. Well, what was your honest first take before you met Liz on the podcast? Um, wait, before I met Liz on the podcast. Before, before you b- met me, what was oh, your yeah, take? Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought you were really fun. I was like, it just confirmed that it seemed like it'd be a fun date. Hell and yeah. And if I, th- yeah, th- thought differently, I think I would have just canceled. Yeah, if you're like this yeah. girl sucks. <laughs> And her opinions. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I tell an awkward first date story? Absolutely. So I, this person that I matched with like online invited me to go see their play and then go on a date. And like during the play, I was like, I cannot go on a date with this person <laughs> anymore. And I just straight up left. Mr. Liz! <laughs> but I didn't do that with you because your content was cool. <laughs> That is remarkable. So, How come you've never told me this? I was this just about story? to ask that. We just had our two year and I've never heard this story. I, I thought that I've told you that, but yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Wait, what was the play? I don't even remember. You blocked it out? Yeah, it was just some like local production. I don't even think it was like a it wasn't a known play, that's for sure. Okay. I had never heard of it. Not that I would know other plays besides yeah. very mainstream ones. Holy shit. Um, what was their role? Was it like you. a main character or I, mm, supporting? I think part of the problem was I thought the person who I was going to go on a date with was someone else Uh-oh. earlier, and I was like, "Oh, they're super cool!" Like, I like their energy. You're not good at like you mix up numbers a lot. Did you think I was a different person when you showed up on our date? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Were they like? Was the ick like because they were not good at acting? I think it was, like, compared to this other person who I thought it was, I was just so much not into them that I was, like... Were uh, they both in the play? Yes. Yeah, no, yeah, so... Okay, no, no, no. What? I'm explaining... I'm apparently explaining this wrong. So, you saw... You saw someone who was, like, they a were, very good actress. Yes, and I thought that was the person. Who, yeah. And, and you were, like, wow, the wow. The person who I was... Exactly. The person who I was actually supposed to go on a date on then came on stage, and I was, like, ah, god damn it. And they were not good at acting. Got it. Uh, it's not that they were not good at acting. I was like, i just not into this person. That's just mm. like such a... You have to be so like confident to like be like, you should come to my play yeah. as our first date. But also for you to mix up, the, how do you mix them up? Did they look alike? It's not like I knew this other person. I just thought... Imagine just someone invites you to their play. You've never seen them before. And then you're trying to figure yeah. out who it is on stage. That's and you think fair. it's one person. Okay. And a little bit later, it turns out to be someone else. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Especially if you're, like, if you're not front of the stage. Yeah. You can't really tell. You're like, I, maybe it's them? That's fair. Okay. What a fucking nightmare. And you're talking to two theater nerds right now. 
dangerous territory. I would never, like, I'm thinking, like, if I was still doing theater, I would wait until I had, like, at least locked them down before being like, you want to come see my play? Yeah. Like, what a strange, especially, like, community theater, which Mm -hmm. is, like, notoriously bad. (laughs) Some some community theater fucking is really good. But they have, like, big budgets, you know? I've seen some community theater that is just, like, oh, oh, no. Oh, my God. I do feel very lucky growing up in Vegas that the community theater was pretty good. That makes sense. A lot of show people there. Yeah. A lot of show people. A lot of people who want to be performing on the strip. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So I'll ask the next question. Uh, What are some things your partner does that make you feel particularly loved or special? Hmm. Uh, I feel like all the little things you do for me are really nice. Um, If it's just like bring me water or um making a, a meal that i like whenever liz says anything about you or like says anything that y'all have done together i'm like must be nice <laughs> and now it's like just this running it's her new catchphrase it's, it's in a running thing because i'm lonely but happy for y'all should i ask the next one yeah what what are your favorite and least favorite things about being a man hmm. i think this is like uh caveat of like being like a tall man is that like people don't really bother me which i really appreciate hell yeah <laughs> mr liz has seen people body check me like while i'm walking yeah. next to him and he's like have you tried being tall <laughs> people <laughs> like i just it? use him as a human shield yeah just like we'll like look straight through liz and not even realize that she's there and i'm it's astounding honestly i to be honest i haven't experienced so as much erasure as i have since dating him yeah because you're like, getting it like the extreme version of it he, he's kind of like a like a totem somehow like people are just kind of drawn to him and it's happened it happened a few times in a row where like people to instead of talking to me they'll direct the question or whatever yeah, what, to him i feel like there was something particularly egregious that happened uh we were at um a concert and a guy was like i love i love these pants like pointing to me but talking to him and he was was... like she dressed herself (laughs) that was ridiculous that was that and then something else like similar to that happened uh oh oh last year when we were on summer vacation a guy was in line we were in line at like an amish food place and we were like we were waiting to order food for lunch basically and this old man comes up behind mr liz and i went closer to the menu to see what it said and like i'm coming back and he's like you should teach your girlfriend how to cook and i was just like what the fuck i didn't even know what to say and he Uh, immediately jumped in (laughs) yeah i was just like she cooks way better than i do so yeah i think we're pretty covered and then he just kept on talking directly to me even though he was like kind of indirectly like asking you questions yeah but it, you you also you were like she actually teaches me how to cook or something mm-hmm. and then he was like women don't teach their sons to cook anymore because they want their sons to get married what and the then fuck? yeah obviously like we're like fuck off <laughs> what a slime ball <laughs> he's just a kind of an old out of touch man um what's your least favorite part of being a man yeah mm, i feel like there are so few bad sides that com- <laughs> complaining would be just like complaining for the sake of complaining it's a self-aware man right there i would say like when you get lumped in with like a group of problematic dudes and everyone just assumes that you're also problematic or like uh another guy might think you're like in the boys club as well and just like make a joke or do something annoying and thinking that you're just going to back him up and you're like god damn it guy like mm-hmm. we're not doing this <laughs> now i gotta figure out how to get out of this yeah uh do you have an example of something like that i was in a meeting um a few jobs ago where it was like i was younger by like a decade at least from everyone else in there and they were just making this like the most like uncomfortable weird jokes it was like right when like the kevin spacey stuff broke oh shit and they were just like making just like kevin spacey rape jokes about like little boys and i was like what What the the fuck fuck is happening right now like we're supposed to be like doing this art review and waiting for like the ceo to show up and i just have to sit here listening to your stupid ass 
like creepy jokes mm-hmm. not saying anything because i don't want to like have it would be the room against me you know yeah you don't want retaliation yeah. in your place of work yeah yeah in in retro i mean that place had a lot of toxic people in retrospect i wish i was a lot more forward with what i was thinking because i w- left anyway it's really it's yeah. tough and it, that i guess that's true because yeah. you left anyway but like it's tough in business situations because like i mean There's we have the challenge dynamics. right we have the challenge of needing to like go along with you know like if we feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and then like men have the challenge of like feeling like they have to be like buddy buddy with the dudes be, like it's all kind of like a social climbing thing which yeah. fucking blows but that's the way that it is i didn't get to hear what your favorite part of mr liz is but Mr. Liz answered uh, about what his favorite part of you is. What he does that makes me feel loved and special. Oh, God. Like, where do I even start, <laughs> to be honest? Um, I think this happens over and over again where I'm really nervous about, like, bringing up something to you that's, like, been on my mind or, like, weighing me down or bothering me. And then when I do bring it up to you, like, you just show a lot of empathy and compassion and, like, are, you don't ever react how I'm, like, prepared for you to Mm. react. Mm -hmm. Like, and uh, he always has, like, the best, most understanding and thoughtful answer. And then I'm always like, are you mad? (laughs) And then he's like, no, I'd be mad at you. And I'm never prepared, even though... The, the the same thing happens every time where he is has the best response I like could have ever predicted. I'm like, this will either go like one way or this way, and it doesn't ever go either of those ways. And I'm like, I didn't even know there was this third way, and it's the best way. <laughs> so I think um, also there's just so much that he knows about me and like my um childhood and stuff like that that like he's just always in my corner and it's nice having someone in your corner but fun being coach boyfriend yeah he's a good coach boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) yeah he also helps me like do things that might be out of my comfort zone and he's really supportive about it too like skiing and this weekend when I jumped off the rope swing (laughs) he was waiting at the bottom for me and cheering me on the whole time um what else have you helped me do outside of my comfort zone uh negotiate job offers true yeah I'll like be spiraling about something and he is easy to find an answer. Backing into a parking spot. Yeah, backing into a parking <laughs> spot. That requires a That's lot way of moral support. It was in uh, Ballard, right? <laughs> Did that answer your question? Yeah, I fucking regret <laughs> asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. How can men guide other men to be better allies to women? Honestly, to be better allies in general. I think part of it would be like trying to get more comfortable with like speaking up when it matters. Like if someone says something that you don't agree with like taking the time and space to even if it's not in the moment but like later on uh to be like hey like it was kind of weird that you said this and here's why and like here's how to look at it from a different angle and what you could have done or said instead mm-hmm. and i think especially if it's a friend they'll appreciate that and if they're not receptive to that then you don't really need to be spending your time with that person amen I think that's the hardest part is knowing that, or, like, when you get to that point, cutting that person off. Yeah. Because we see it happen all the time in media. Like, if someone's really awful, there's going to be several people who are like, well, he was nice to me, and I know him, and he's my friend. Mm -hmm. And then continue to like disbelieve women or discredit them or not take it seriously and then we're on the outside watching this like how could you continue to be friends with them but then in your day-to-day life you see it happen all the time Mm -hmm. like i know i can think of one specific person you and i both know where like people continue to maintain friendships with him and you're Mm -hmm. like but why yeah (laughs) yeah so and then it's the same kind of like 
mental application of like, well, I know him and he's like, people are multifaceted and we Mm -hmm. can accept that. But if that person isn't going to learn from their mistakes and change, then maintaining a friendship with them is questionable at best. And enabling it. Yeah. It it definitely enables it because it's like, they're not going to suffer any consequences. Mm -hmm. These are really good questions. It's honestly most of them. (laughs) I only took out the ones that were for cats. I can answer for the cats. I speak for the beans. Um, how many biscuits a day do you make? <laughs> how many biscuits? A- oh, I see. Uh, I make about a dozen in the morning. Dozen. Hell yeah, it's a, a productive-ass yeah. day. Okay, what's your favorite memory with Liz? Uh, I think your birthday last year when we went to Port Townsend. It was like the best spooky vibes there. It mm-hmm. was fall, and so Port Townsend in general has its this kind of ethereal vibe to it. And then we stayed in this really beautiful Victorian house that was for sure haunted and just like... But wa- like in a cool way. Yeah. Walking around at night and all like the leaves are blowing around. We went to some cool restaurants and a bunch of different like thrift stores and antique shops and it was really fun. I was actually thinking about that the other day um, because I was thinking about it has a... Um, what is it like a calendar like it had a solar calendar yeah in the, this like stained glass skylight that it had it was wild mm-hmm. and it had these beautiful That's like dope. original paintings and it had like the seasons and it's supposed to be like when the sun sets like the season lights up or something mm-hmm. it was so fucking yeah there, it was like this fresco in the top of this um turret basically and the windows lined up so like that season's sunset would yeah like Liz said illuminate whatever scene was painted there that's Mm -hmm. fucking awesome and uh we got a tour when we first got there oh yeah the owner was like definitely some sort of artsy kind of burner dude he had a interesting name cool tattoos dressed in like workwear Mm -hmm. uh and he said that well, like, he was explaining why the house is, like, this fucking giant-ass house. Because we weren't the only people staying there. Um, they had multiple rooms, mm-hmm. and you would stay in a room. Um, and what he was showing us, he was explaining that, like, uh, Victorian homes, you'll see a lot of these, like, giant-ass, like, extravagant homes because they were uh, they were building them to show off what they could do. So this is kind of just like a show house, essentially. And the um, architect who like designed it and had it built is the one who lived there. And he had a wife and kid, one kid, and then a bunch of live-in um, workers. Yeah, basically like a staff to just be able to take care of the house because how big it was. Yeah. So, Holy shit. Yeah. Very What a cool place to stay. Cool. Mm-hmm. How did you find this? Did you just like look up? Uh, I was just looking at cool Airbnbs and there, and then when I saw that, I was like, ooh. Hell yeah. I just love this. Mm-hmm. It just, like, reminded me of Over the Garden Wall the, the whole time we were there, because mm-hmm. it was October. Those little <laughs> night deer scared mm-hmm. the shit out of me. Night deer? <laughs> there were just, like, all these deer just hanging out in the dark, eating apples and stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, creepy friends. It was just, like, a, yeah, it was really fun. That's a good one. Good answer. Liz, what's your favorite memory with Mr. Liz? I don't want to pick just one. But I, um, I'll name one of them, um, and I think maybe it comes to mind because we were recently talking about it last year. For our like one year anniversary, we went to Portland to recreate our like third date, kind of. Um, (laughs) So, or like I don't know, just to kind of like do it again. And this time he got to take the train with me because last time I took the train to meet him and he got me a Liz box. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it was just all of the, these little things that he thought I would like that he had kind of like found. Um, I love that. Yeah. And it was all like the best gifts. And as someone who's not like very good at giving gifts, like it takes a lot of mental energy for me to think of like a good gift. So I was pretty insecure when he gave me all of the best gifts ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was a lot of fun just like getting to go to Portland with him again. And then we got massages and um, we like kind of met some interesting people. And um, (laughs) we went to 
like a really cool bar after we, we ate mushrooms on that date too <laughs> so like gonna think all we do is just eat mushrooms <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. i mean we've done that a few times but yeah. uh yeah we went to like a bar and it was just i remember just like laughing so hard yeah we like closed it out oh i'll ask you one short question okay how tall do you feel um i would say medium tall medium tall. and then until i'm around either like a bunch of short people and i realize that i'm just kind of i'll like have really bad posture or try to kind of like i'll i'll stand with a wider stance so overall i'm lower down <laughs> and i realize i'm doing that and i'm like oh, okay maybe maybe i'm kind of tall how tall is medium tall if you were to put a, like a number on it uh, oh, I don't know. Five eleven. Yeah, like a five eleven. It's okay. That is that is pretty medium tall. The subject line of this is, um, help situationship. Shouldn't we be having more sex? <laughs> uh, hello, Liz and Amelia. I'm emailing because I need your help to make a decision about my current relationship status. And because I'm an organized Capricorn, (laughs) here's a list of the facts. I am a 27-year-old Portuguese girl living in Paris, France. I don't have a lot of dating experience because of life circumstances, and I'm a demisexual, so I can't feel sexually attracted to someone unless we have an emotional connection. This led me to still be a virgin at 27. I have tried dating apps on and off in the past with no luck, but this January I met a really cute French guy, 32 years old, and he took my virginity. So we had sex on our second date because I felt a really good connection with him, but also because I kind of just wanted to get it done with. (laughs) Shame of being a virgin and fear of missing out, etc. He was always respectful on our dates, didn't touch me or even try to kiss me, but was flirty and looked at me in a way that made my panties wet, lol. (laughs) Um, so I made a move and asked if he wanted to come back to my place. He was surprised, but pretty eager. I hadn't told him about being a virgin, but I decided to tell him when we started getting hot and heavy. He took a moment and told me he didn't want to hurt me and that he didn't want to be in a relationship. I told him I understood and I still wanted to do it. I just didn't want him to ghost me after. He was very gentle. It was pretty great. And the days after he was asking how I was doing, we went on other dates, etc. Everything was going well. I even slept at his house. But then he started to say he was busy with work or moving, and we spent like a month not seeing each other, but he still kept messaging me. I freaked out several times because, as I've come to find out, I have an anxious attachment style, and he is an avoidant. (laughs) Yikes. So I ended things and blocked him for the whole month of March. We got back in touch in April because I missed him and checked his profile on the dating app, so he saw and messaged me. But I told him we're only doing sex dates because I didn't want to get attached again. So my question is, should I continue seeing him? Because I feel really good when I'm with him and he's pretty good to me. I like the attention. The sex is great. He makes me feel good about my body. I know he is attracted to me. He's the only one usually hitting me up, sending me pics, normally normal and naughty ones, lol, <laughs> and asking if I feel like hooking up. But then he doesn't come through and I, can't, I can spend months not seeing him. He also tells... He also keeps telling me to go have fun with other guys because he also sees other girls. We're not exclusive. No doubt, because he doesn't want the responsibility of having to deal with my needs. But I'm not like that. I, can, I can't sleep with several dudes at the same time. I know I want a relationship, but I also know that he doesn't, and I don't want to force him. And I'm okay with just having sex, but we're not even doing that at a consistent rate. And I realized I'm a very physical person, so I kind of go through withdrawals when I'm away from him for too long. I don't know what to think. Is it normal for friends with benefits to only see each other every two months? Shouldn't we have sex more often if he really is interested? Why does he keep wanting to sext and invite me to hook up, but then cancels? And what should I do? Sorry for the long email, and thank you so much for your help. I have so many thoughts. Mm -hmm. Me too. (laughs) What if Um, she talked to him about it? That's a good place to start. You can just say, I love seeing you, but I'd love to have some some level of commitment even if we're not in a relationship like you canceling all the time is something that like i'm not really cool with amelia <laughs> well i mean speaking as somebody that has been in this situation so That's, you have so many times especially i mean music man was this is like such this is exactly yeah. like music man yeah. um 
And communication is a huge piece of it. I think like it's so easy to I think the, the longer that we keep things inside our heads, a the more power it gets and be the more we spiral about it because we're like trying to fill in the gaps of like, what does this mean? What is he thinking? How does he feel? And like our brains don't like not having answers to shit. So we're just going to like fill it in with how like what makes sense mm -hmm. for us to think and it's almost never what we actually expect, which goes back to what you were saying about like, you know, when I bring things up to Mr. Liz, like he always says what I don't expect him to say or like reacts how I don't expect him to react. And it's because we're always coloring this shit with like our own frame of reference. So it's always so much easier when you just like get it out of your head. And that takes a lot of practice. Um, and I know that you mentioned a few times in this email that like you're new to this kind of setup. Um, but communication is numero uno for sure. I think with anyone that you are choosing to like have sex with, you should just already like have an open line of communication. Absolutely. And I do have to say, so first I'm going to start by asking something my therapist has asked me <laughs> that is helpful, which is what do you want? What do you want? What do you want out of this situationship? Do you want to be in a relationship with him? Because my personal advice is I think that they should stop talking to this guy. Ultimately, I think that's going to be the move. I think I think that she should stop talking to this guy because there's a lot of reasons. Well, I, I would say not. I would say if, if she has an honest conversation or if they have an honest conversation with him, and say, hey, I'm down to keep on hooking up, but I'd like to have a little bit more level of consistency. You know, it's not like we have to like have a set schedule, but I just can't be consistently being flaked on. If he's not responsive to that, then I for sure would cut ties. Yeah, it's definitely worth at least having like an honest conversation about. But in general, so what I'm gathering is like, you know, the first time he had sex with someone was traumatizing for him emotionally because he wanted to be in a relationship with this person and they did not want to be with him so now he doesn't want to get emotionally attached to anybody a that he is decade later yeah and i i hate to say this but a decade into his life he's not gonna change that just like because of one person he has to choose to want to change mm -hmm. i don't think any one person is going to be like you know, we all like to think we're special and be like, I can change him. No, you can't change anyone. They have to want to change themselves. I, I had to want to get more pillows for my bed. <laughs> you get it. We had the opportunity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now, now how do you feel about having more pillows? I love my pillows and then you try to steal them. <laughs> the pillows I picked out. Uh-huh. This is the thing. I was just having a conversation with No Name. I feel like now his name on the podcast is No Name. No Name. It's um, a good one. About he was he was flaming me for having so many pillows. But then he was talking about how he always goes through like the process of picking which pillow is best. And it's better to have options. No? Mm -hmm. There you go. You feel supported. Well, the, uh, I'm going to bring this back. I feel in. like he, Mr. Liz doesn't want me to stay the night now because he doesn't want to have to share his pillows. I'm just going to have to get more pillows because yeah. I've gotten... Used to having used, them. I was okay with just sleeping with two pillows just for myself. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like a easily could have three pillows going on. Yeah. Through yeah. all of college, my ex had, my mom calls them Fakasha pillows. They're like really thin <laughs> pillows. He had one and we shared it. Cardboard. Oh all my through God. college. I just started bringing my own pillow over because I was like, this is fucking I ridiculous. I used to bring my own pillow over and then when I would forget it, I'd have a meltdown. So we decided that yeah, it was, that was time rough. to it's time for add another pillow to invest. Yeah. Um, uh, anyways, back, back, back to, to the, the listener. I like shifting kind of like what we're talking about here, just in terms of the email, like the subject line of like situationship, shouldn't we be having more sex? Yeah. It's different situationship to situationship for sure. Mm -hmm. Like I got caught up in that with music band specifically where I was like, shouldn't we be fucking more? But like he was, that just like, wasn't what we had agreed to. Like yeah. that wasn't we had never discussed that. I just wanted to be. So I was like, something's wrong. We should be doing this more. But like every situation is different from situation to situation. So there's no like set rules. That's true. You're kind of like the situation ship queen. Yeah. You you know more about them and how they operate. But <laughs> to this user or listener specifically, 
like if you know you're demisexual Mm -hmm. you don't have to like you don't have to change who you are for this one guy amen you if you know that you like need to have a romantic connection with someone and you want a relationship you don't have to settle for something that isn't exactly what you want and if this is like the first person you've really had this experience with there are so many other people out there who you can date and meet and this guy is taking up that time and space that you could be using Mm -hmm. to like meet someone who actually will treat you how you want to be treated Mm -hmm. and it's it feels better to be alone and happy with yourself than spending all your time and energy focusing on someone who you're just like waiting for them to treat you the way you want to be treated because someone out there will you just have to like wait and also like trust your gut like and not settle yeah don't settle for someone who makes you feel anything less than how you want to feel yeah that's not to say that like relationships are are always going to come with their own challenges but by the time you get to that point you'll be ready for it mm-hmm. he is being so naughty today i've never heard him this oh, verbose two of his favorite people are here so if you're feeling chaotic so much of the time like that's just like an awful feeling and this is coming from someone that is like in a con- my baseline for, like, it's exciting for like a couple my weeks. baseline is chaos so like i get it <laughs> And, like, I understand, like, how exciting it is to, like, be into someone that kind of makes you feel chaotic. Because my mom always says, the better they make you, the worse they can make you feel, you know. Like, they're just, like, <laughs> she, she, it's so true. Like, when somebody makes you really, really happy, they have the capacity to make you really, really sad. Because if you didn't care, then you wouldn't care, yeah, <laughs> you know? no one. Yeah. What'd you say? Trust, trust no, no one. one. Trust no one. That's terrible advice. Um, <laughs> I do have to say, like, also, if you know, if you're anxiously attached and you are aware that this person is avoidant and, like, this person doesn't seem to be aware that they're avoidant, he also doesn't seem to be, like, willing to change at this point, and he also doesn't know how you feel. So mm-hmm. that's, like, a that's like a lot of things working against you at this point. So I think it's worth at least having a conversation First, you need to get really clear with yourself about what your boundaries are and what you want. Mm -hmm. And when you go into having this conversation with him, don't negotiate your needs and your wants. Like, just know that, like, if if your needs aren't going to be met, if he's not willing to meet them, then that's – then close the book. Like, it's done. And then you can go date other people. And I, like – I don't know. When I was single, I liked like kind of gamifying dates. Like I wasn't I wasn't on dating apps because I wanted to be in a relationship. I was on dating apps because I was bored and I was like, what is the fu- what can I say to other people that will be funny to me? And if there if it was interesting, like uh, interesting back and forth for a few minutes, then I'd be like, okay, let's meet up for a date. Unless you're Mr. Liz and then yeah. I'm like, and then it's hey, two year bit. Hey, hot guy. <laughs> Answer me. You're not allowed to ignore me because I'm not used to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, going back all, as well to what you were saying about bringing things up to Mr. Liz, like, he he might surprise you when you bring yeah. it up. He clearly already wants to talk to you about things because he opened up about his first experience, so he feels comfortable with you. Yeah. And, like... I think you might learn a lot from talking to him about it. Either he's going to react horribly and like that's an answer that you need to have now or he's going to be great and you're going to be glad that you brought it up with him. So it's like really at the end of the day, like it's going to be it's a win win situation for you. And you can all you can lead with empathy and still stand your ground. I think this is a this is a good place to end. I'm so grateful that we've made it to 100. And like it sounds whenever I hear like any sort of content creator being like, I wouldn't be here without you. I'm like, shut the fuck up. But like, now that I'm here, I'm like, that's actually so fucking true. Especially like, with the podcast. We literally wouldn't be here without you. We listeners. literally <laughs> wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be on the network that we're on now. We wouldn't have made it to 100. We wouldn't. I mean, like you and I would still be like talking like this just without microphones. Yeah. <laughs> so it's true. dope that like y'all have been along for the ride. As Liz said earlier, we've learned so much from you. And I just feel really lucky to be able to do this like it it contributes so much to both of our lives Mm -hmm. in ways that I don't think that we expected it to Mm -mm. when we first started um and I don't know I just yeah I just feel really lucky to be able to do this 
so thank you for sticking with us for 100 and if you're new welcome. thank you for being here now because that's you cool too um i think my bottom line is also like um if something if you start doing something that's fun i don't know like stick with it like we didn't know that this is where we would end up with this so far mm-hmm. and it has changed our lives in like ways that aren't uh n- you wouldn't know like just from listening to the podcast you yeah. know yeah it's changed our lives outside of the podcast as well it really has so just um follow that creative pursuit and you can still have a full-time job and do something fun on the side but not sleep ever. it'll be hard yeah <laughs> cry a lot i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> but yeah no, i'm not kidding yeah There's highs and lows to everything it's great so. um but yeah we we love you so much we say that every episode but we really do Mm-hmm. and thank you for getting us to 100 episodes that's fucking dope that's a lot of episodes it really is and Thanks thank you for mr. listening to our annoying ass voices thank you mr liz for joining us for 100 yeah, this is such a treat yeah i was so excited Me that too. you agreed to do this this was fun um so you're gonna take the baritone note when we sing our outro Ooh. oh yeah <laughs> that's perfect all right, all right. am ready? i harmonizing right, with you you're harmonizing that, with me outro? we we sing we love you our children <laughs> And then we just kind of find it. You'll find the note. Yeah. Do you want me to? Do you want me to do the starting note? If I can do that. He's you. How do you want to start with the baritone? I'm I'm borderline tone deaf, so I don't know if I should be. If you just if you just start, just sing a note. We love you, our children. That was beautiful. That's good. That was actually beautiful. Well, you were supposed to sustain children. Okay. Oh, children. Because that's how we've always done it. We we find our notes. That's like the on hardest, children. That's the hardest. We like a challenge sing. here on okay. the holy hour. Sing it. Uh, children. No, sing. We love oh you, our children. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, our children. Beautiful. That was great. <laughs> nice. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.